I don't think there is a pinnacle in life that we reach that we suddenly don't have any fear. I don't think that's possible. I think the moment we don't have fear is the moment we die because when we die, we lose our human ego, we lose our mind, and then we are just our soul and we return back to where we came from. So I do not think it's realistic to ever think you will ever reach this place in your life where you don't have fear. You will always have fear. You will just learn how to manage it and to be present with it. And my cat, my cat is here and he won't leave me alone. So we might just have to deal with these meows. Maybe, maybe you'll like the meows. So if we are human, we have an ego and we have a mind. Those, they're the same thing. The ego is the mind. The mind is the ego. Its job is to future plan scary situations so we get protected and it protects us. The ego's job is to protect ourselves, which is why it's so fearful. It worries all the time because it needs to think of A, B, C, D, E, F, G situation to prevent it to keep us safe. So what's going on is when I talk, my hands flail and my cat sees an open hand and he's like, hey, that needs to be touching me and that needs to be caressing me right now. So he keeps meowing because I keep talking with my hands. And he's like, hey, bring that hand over to my body. (laughs) And this is the reason I love cats is because they know their needs and they go after their needs. They don't make you guess their needs. Like they're very demanding with their needs and they don't apologize. So I don't think we need the expectation that we will reach this point in our lives that we won't have any fear anymore because it's not true. When we don't have fear, that means we're dead because we don't have our ego, our human mind anymore. So it's more realistic if we say, I will always have fears because it's true. We will always have fears. They always come up, but it's how you handle them. It's what you do with the fears. This is what matters. This is what I want to talk about. And it's not a magic pill. Obviously, if there was a magic pill to fear less, everyone would have it. And we wouldn't be having this conversation. But there is no magic pill. If there is a magic pill, it is you. It is you and it's only you. And it's presence. It's being aware of the worry thoughts in the moment you're thinking them. That's it. It's presence when it's happening so that you do not need to latch on, attach, and then ride that fearful train throughout the whole day. To get to the point where you are aware when your worries are happening in the moment, you're present with your fears as they're coming up in your body, that takes a lot of presence and it's little baby steps. So I've been asking around to people who I know are present with their thoughts and they're present with their fears, similar to me. And I've been asking them like, how did you just suddenly do it one day? How did you start being aware and being present with your worry thoughts? And someone said, it's kind of like learning a language, learning a foreign language. You know, you're in the trenches and you're just like trying to do better every single day and you're learning and it's just like, you know, nothing clicks. It takes so much time and it takes so much practice. But then there's one day, there is one day where things click and you just kind of start sailing and you don't really have control over the day it clicks. It just, it just happens. Like the day happens where you are feeling 
the fearful thoughts in your body and then you notice them and you're like oh my gosh I am I am aware in this moment I am having presence with my fear right now this is it this is happening and that can happen here or there but I think when it becomes ritual when it becomes daily when it becomes every hour that's when things click and it just gets easier and easier and easier and and more constant it becomes a a new way of living it becomes a new way of life so unfortunately I can't sit here and say here's what you do to make it click and this is how you become present with your fears and your worry mind I can't make that happen for you but what I can help you do is start noticing and being present with the feelings in your body in the moment you're in the moment you're feeling them that's presence this is what meditation teaches you i never fully got on board the meditation train i don't know why maybe maybe because i am resisting you know how quiet it is i have i have my own ways like i listen to music and i journal but still the mind is busy because meditation is i mean there's many different types of meditation but i've always kind of been hard on myself that i i've never had meditation practices but that's my ego saying i'm not doing good enough i'm not doing it right i need to be doing more that is an ego story because i am doing the work i am present when my worries come up that's the whole point of doing a meditation practice so that you learn presence but i i somehow have learned presence without a meditation practice so i know you don't need meditation to become present you don't need meditation to become aware there are so many different techniques and ways and so for me I just started getting better every day about being present with whatever I was feeling in the moment I was feeling it. That's it. That's presence. That is meditation. I just did it in my own way. So for me, I feel like I just brought my, my meditation practice into my daily life faster um, than other people. Or I just made my meditation practice my daily life, which I think is the goal of meditation. I just did it in a roundabout way. Or like a shortcut way, I think. So, to become less fearful, you have to start recognizing the moment when your body starts vibrating and feeling fear. You have to start becoming aware of when that feeling is starting to turn in your body. Because it happens. You're feeling fine, you're going throughout your day, and then boom, something happens. And then your mind latches on, it latches on to that fear, that worry, and then it creates a story. And then it goes down this rabbit hole of fearful stories and what could happen. Oh my God, what if this happens? What if this happens? Then your body, it shifts, it feels different. It is scared, it's afraid, it contracts. How does feel fear? How does fear feel in your body? It does not feel good. So you have to start learning and tuning in as to when you are feeling good and fine and then it turns. You start feeling not good. You start feeling fearful. This is having such a deep intimate relationship with yourself, with your body. Being in tune with 
what you're feeling, when does it change, why does it change, what made it change, and then learn. So last year, when the pandemic was just starting, I didn't really get fearful of the virus. What was happening for me was I started reading a bunch of conspiracy theories because I've always been into them, always, <laughs> like for the past decade, very into conspiracy theories. And yes, I think they're not all theories. I think some are true. So I was reading some of these theories that made me afraid. Like the virus itself wasn't, make me, wasn't making me afraid, but the conspiracy theories, what happened for me was that I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would like go to the bathroom. And in that darkness, I would feel a few of the fears of the theories. Like I don't even remember what they were, but it was, it was scary to me. And I would think about it in the dark and I would get so scared. And I don't even remember what, the fe- what those theories were. Um, honestly, I don't even remember, which is good <laughs> because I didn't, I didn't give it attention after I felt this fear. So after I read a few of those weird theories and felt fear from them, I was like, oh my gosh, this is how I know the theories aren't right because of how much fear it's bringing up in me. This is like a little sheep in wolf's clothing. It's not truth. It's not even closer to the truth. And I need to stop reading that stuff because I brought this on myself. So whether you were afraid of this or that, I have responsibility over what I read, over what I focus on, over what I am conversing with with other people. And because I let myself read about all these theories, it was then in my brain and I became fearful. I'm happy that happened because I learned so much from that. I learned that I have responsibility over what I read. And if I don't want to feel fear, I cannot read fearful things. Simple as that. Or if I don't want to feel afraid when... I'm, I'm going to the bathroom in the middle of the night in my dark house. I should not read or watch true crime series. And I don't. But when, when you're flipping through like the TV channels and you, you hear that music for a second and it's so scary. I don't like that feeling in my body. I don't like the feeling of fear in my body. I think some people like the feeling of fear in their body because they are addicted to emotions. They are addicted to adrenaline. This is emotional addiction. This is what the holistic psychologist talks about. She talks about how if we grew up in a a home that was constantly giving us adrenaline, as adults, we seek situations, we seek seek information, we seek the news, we seek all these external things to give us hits of of adrenaline. This is, we are addicted to adrenaline, we are addicted to feeling the ups and downs of emotions in our body. And we kind of like it because we are continuing that cycle. But the body is just trying to get hits of adrenaline because that's what it's familiar with. That's it. The body seeks to do what it's familiar with because it's comfortable. So if there's someone that seeks drama in whatever way, they have an addiction to feeling those highs and lows of drama 
because it gives them that adrenaline rush in their body that makes them feel. It makes them feel alive. It makes them feel something. Anything so they're not numb. Anything so they know they're alive. And it goes back to your childhood because your childhood was so stressful that your body constantly, constantly was in such a stress state. It seeks stress to feel normal. So that's what we do as adults. Like we seek the news or we seek conspiracy theories or whatever to give us this hit of stress because that's what's normal to our nervous system. So that's what might be happening with you if you are kind of constantly in this state of fear. It may be comfortable for your nervous system because it is so familiar to your nervous system. If you, if you were constantly stressed or scared as a child, your body could be seeking fearful situations or wanting you to read the news so it gets its hit of adrenaline. That's it. Your body doesn't know peace. Your body doesn't know what a regulated nervous system feels like. You can teach it, but it doesn't know that it only knows a stress state so it constantly seeks fear or stress to keep you in that hyper vigilant state because that's what is normal to it if you had a fearful parent this could be a huge reason on why your ego latches onto fear and it rides that merry-go-round of fear often because you were taught that you were modeled how to latch onto fear you were modeled that and now we have to unlearn it. We're adults. It's our responsibility to relearn the things we didn't have control over in the past because we have control now. We have control over our body, over our mind. We have control over our fears. We do. We don't have control over what fears come up in our body and in our mind but we have control over what we do with them. We can say, oh, wow, fear, hmm, mind, <laughs> that was creative. Oh, wow, okay, that was creative. Oh, that's a really scary thought, but I'm, I am not going to believe that. I am not going to believe that worry thought because I know you are just trying to keep me safe and you're doing your job and you're doing your job so well. Thank you. And then you let it go. And the next fear comes up. Whoa, that is pretty fearful. But I am not going to believe that. Thank you. And then you move on. This is just presence with your fears as they come up. Your thoughts as they come up. If we aren't present with our fears when they arise in our bodies, we latch on and we ride it for minutes or hours and then our whole energy changes when we are not present with our fears they run rampant they are on the loose it's our job to be the master of our mind it's our job to notice the fear the worry thoughts when they're happening observe them just observe them in wonder, in awe, in curiosity. Observe them. Talk to them in your head. Write a letter to them. I just talk to them in my head. 
I just watch, I like see the ego story, the fearful ego story that just created in my mind. And I look back on it, I'm like, wow. Okay, I, there's no evidence of that being true in my life. And so I know this is an ego story. So now I'm going to move on. And if you don't have that presence, you see the fearful ego story of like, what might happen? Oh my God, this might happen in the future. This might happen to my child. And then you attach to it. And then you go deeper and deeper and deeper into that fear. What if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? And you are literally on the loose. Like you are a wild animal. Your mind is like a wild animal on the loose. And it goes on and on and on and on. When we aren't aware of the fears as they're coming up, as they're happening, and then they just start running rampant and we get lost in these fears for minutes or hours, this is when it takes us completely down. It lowers our vibration. We are vibrations. Like we are energy, you guys. There's a scale of consciousness, a scale of vibration called Hawkins scale. And it basically shows enlightenment is 1000. It's at the top of the scale. That's, that's what Jesus was. That's what Buddha was. That is pure enlightenment. And I would, I would probably say that is what happens when we die. I think we lose our human ego, our mind, and then we merge into the rest of consciousness we are enlightened when we die because we lose our human body and we're just our soul. And I believe our soul is enlightened. Our soul is love. Our soul is divinity. So in this level of these levels of vibration, every emotion is a vibration. So fear is the vibration of 100. Enlightenment is 1000. Love is 500 shame is 20 so the lower on the scale you go the lower the vibration and the lower the energy obviously like hate shame guilt fear grief that's low vibration humanity as a whole is only at 200 200 is just right above fear that's where our constant earth like humanity kind of is and supposedly our our earth is in this like huge awakening that it's getting above 200 so this is what i believe i don't believe our earth is getting worse i don't think we're going into fear more i think more people are waking up and i think we're waking up to love i think we're waking up to enlightenment and trust and peace i think there's more people waking up to that than fear i could be wrong but that's my optimism So why I am talking about this scale is because our emotions are vibrations. Our emotions are energy. We are energy. That's fact. That is absolute scientific fact. We are energy. Everything is energy. So when we have a fearful thought and it consumes our body, our body goes straight down in vibration. It goes down, 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 down. And we are in this puddle of dark deep low energy but if we feel courage if we feel acceptance if we feel love any of these higher vibrations our entire energy body 
goes up and we are at this higher vibration and when we are at a higher vibration we are adding that to the earth's vibration so when we are in a low 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 fearful energy we're adding that to the earth's energy that's why i take responsibility for the energy i feel every single day because i am either adding to the earth vibration or lowering it i mean we're always adding to it but i'm either making the earth's vibration higher and better and more loving and more joyful or i am making it more shameful fearful guilty angry those are all low vibrations and they're human emotions i'm not saying you don't feel these emotions and these emotions are bad i'm saying we all feel them get a handle on them you are in control of how long you seep in those energies so whenever i feel a really low emotion i usually write a letter to it to fully get it out because i do believe when we push it away it just keeps popping back up we push it away it keeps popping back up it just goes on and on until we face it i think sometimes energies or emotions come through us just to be let out i don't think there has to be a reason i don't i think we could just be the conduit in which we just let this emotion out so if you are feeling a wave of grief one day write to it face it give it be the conduit in which it comes out and it can be expressed so that it can be let go if you deny it and if you repress it it just keeps bottling up we can never not feel anger grief shame all of these low vibration energies and emotions we will always feel them but it's how we handle them that's it it's how how do you want to handle it i believe in just facing it and to face it you need to be present with it when it's happening like oh wow okay you, ego you're very fearful about xyz why are you so afraid of that it, like i could i write a letter to it or i just talk to it in my head this is how you become a parent to your to yourself you become a parent to your ego you become a parent to your inner child that's how i talk to myself i talk to myself as if i'm the child and i am also the parent it's this it's this dynamic between the two because my soul is the wise parent within me i feel but my ego is kind of this immature little inner child self that doesn't really know the difference and it's ignorant and it just doesn't have the wisdom that my soul does so it is kind of like a dialogue between my soul and my ego constantly all the time my soul is so wise and is just loving to the ego the ego is not a bad thing i do not treat my ego like it's bad and i should be ashamed of my ego and no no like my, the ego is just a part of us and the more you have compassion to it the more it doesn't need to yell and get your attention i think now is actually a good time to explain 
I recently was having a conversation with someone that said, do you think the ego is the inner child? And I, I do. I do, but I do think there are differences. The holistic psychologist did explain this at some point, and I can't find what she said about it. So then I just had to think about it myself and come up with my own answer, which is what I should have done instead of trying to find her post about it. Because I'm just like trying to find her answer about it. But I do, I, I, I stand behind everything she says and posts about. She's right on the mark. So we all have an ego. We all have a human mind that has these basic needs. We all have an ego and we all have these basic needs of our ego of, there's, there's many of them, but I'm going to simply say the ego always wants to be in control. The ego always wants to feel safe. The ego always wants to be right. Those are a few that we all have an ego. We all have an ego that wants to feel safe all the time. We all have these ego needs. These are universal. We all have them. This is the ego. I believe the inner child in us is an aspect of the ego, but the inner child is different from person to person because the inner child is created from our childhood and every one of our childhoods was different. So our inner child is kind of like our own unique personality created from our childhood. So it's very different. Like our ego is very basic and we all have these universal needs of the ego, but our inner child is like a a personality. It's unique. So I'm a middle child of six kids. I was not seen and heard very well as a child. And, you know, most of us aren't. But my need to be seen and heard is more intense than probably someone that was an only child growing up. Their inner child created, you know, a different type of need than mine because my childhood, I'm surrounded by a sea of kids and I needed to be seen and heard and I didn't fully get that. So I have that intensified as an adult. This is how our inner child is different person to person. The ego is not bad. The inner child is not bad. They are not bad. They are not bad. Like if I could let you know one thing, please do not feel bad, guilty, ashamed of your ego or of your inner child. We need to have compassion. If you are the wise parent to your inner child, how would you act to your own child with unconditional love? That's the goal, right? We need to have unconditional love for our inner child. So this brings up a very important point. When you are fearful, when you are afraid, when you are displaying these thoughts and these emotions that you don't want to be feeling, have compassion for yourself. Try. Just try. Write a letter to yourself and, and, and ta- talk to yourself and say, I know you're so afraid. I know you're so afraid if this happens. I know you're so afraid if that happens, but if it does happen, I am here for you. Or if that does happen, God will always take care of you. Talk to your inner child like you would talk to your child. Now this brings up another point, is that my belief in God, my belief in a divine creator, is how and why 
I don't spend my days worrying. I don't spend my days in fear. Because when we spend our day in fear and worry, that is proof we do not trust God. What is the point in believing in a God that takes care of us? What's the point in believing in God when you worry all day? Isn't, isn't the point of believing in God so that you don't worry all day? It's understandable if like an atheist worries all day because they don't have this belief that they're taken care of. They don't have this belief in this you know, supreme being. But if you believe in a God, in a supreme being, in the divine creator that is taking care of you, that's the whole reason to not worry all day. It's because you believe there is something greater taking care of you. So if you are worrying all day, I would argue it's because you don't have trust in God yet. It's not there because your action is showing you that you don't. Action for me is worrying or not worrying. So I show God that I trust God by mastering my mind and getting a rein on my worries. When I am worrying and worrying and worrying, I know I am not trusting God in this situation. So I purposely get a handle on my mind, on my ego, on my worries. I become present with them because that is how I show God in action that I trust God. This is, this is a huge part of who I am. This God piece is, is the biggest part of who I am. I believe in God so I don't have these worries on me. I believe in God so I don't have all of this heavy stuff on my shoulders. The point of believing in this greater power that is doing everything for my benefit and for the earth's benefit is so that I don't have to spend my days worrying. I do not believe I am here on earth to worry. I do not believe I am here on earth living this life to be in fear. I believe I am here to have fun, to be happy, to be joyful, to do things that spark my joy. That's why we're here. We're not here to be afraid. So a few years ago, I really, really looked at the truth is if I trusted God, how would I act? I would not worry a lot. I would not fear a lot. I fully believe if we spend our days in fear and worry, that is our proof that we don't trust God. So this actually has more to do with your relationship with your creator than anything else. There's, there's so many pieces to this fear puzzle. But if you believe in God yet worry all day long, what is the point? The point of believing in God is that you don't have this heavy burden on your mind, on your shoulders. You're not even reaping the benefits of believing in this higher power. So ask yourself, how do you show God that you trust God? With an action, how do you show God that you trust God? For me, I master my mind and I am present with my worries and my fears and I don't hitch onto them. I don't latch onto them. I just let them come up and I let them wash away and I am a master of my mind, and I do this to show God that I am serious about trusting God. 
Not worrying is how I show God in action that I trust, that I surrender. By surrendering my worries, I feel like this is my respect to God. This is how I respect God. This is, this is my personal beliefs about this situation. This is how I have really let go of a lot of worries and fears in my body, in my life, in my everyday. So there's so many pieces to this puzzle of fear. I feel like I covered the big ones. I could, I could probably talk forever and ever. But the main point I want to come across is that this is all about having personal boundaries with yourself. Boundaries with yourself. Being in control of what you watch. Being in control of what you read. Being in control of what you talk about what you think about. We can't control the fears and the thoughts coming up, but we have control over what we do with them when they come up. If the news makes you anxious, stop reading the news. If talking about this certain topic with this certain friend makes you anxious, stop doing that. You have to take responsibility for your energy, for yourself, for your mind. You have to take responsibility for these things. And there's so much in this world we cannot control. We can't control the state of the world. We can't control what the politics of our country are doing. But we control what we think about, what we eat, what we watch, what we read, how we treat ourselves, how we take care of ourselves, our self-care, how we treat our spouse, how we treat our children, how we show up in the world today. We cannot control the world, but we can control how we view the world. We can control what energy we are adding to the world every day. This is what we are in control of. Stop worrying what you cannot control, which is the laws, the state of the world, other people. We can't control that. You can control your energy and you can raise it or you can lower it. This is what you're in control of. And then whether you have a high energy, you are adding that to the world. Or if you have a low energy, you are adding that to the world. Don't feel guilty for adding that to the world. Just recognize when you are in a low vibration, honor it, face it, and then go out and do something that you enjoy and then hire it again. We don't need to feel guilty or ashamed for having shame and fear that's that just perpetuates the cycle that's that's the addiction we're in the only thing we need to do is honor the feelings and emotions that are coming up in our body in the moment they're happening honor them talk to them and then they let go that's how we become less fearful We are just present with the fears as they're arising and we are curious about them. We bring wonder to them or we just can say, oh, hey, what's up? Wow, that's very fearful. That's pretty dark. Okay, thank you for letting me know. And then we can choose a new thought. And we don't always have control over our thoughts. We can deliberately choose new thoughts but we obviously have you know, fearful worry thoughts that just come up into our mind and we don't have control over them. But we have control 
over whether we just face them in that moment or we attach to it and let it run its show all over us, all over our day, bringing us down. That's where our control is, is what we do with the fear when it comes up in our mind, in our body. What do we do with it? How do we talk to it? Are we noticing it in the moments coming up? Or is it an hour later that we're like, oh my gosh, I just rode that merry-go-round of fear for the past hour. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to be better. This is a pretty slow continuum of getting better. It's not fast. There's no magic pill. It's just every day we could just have a little more presence with our thoughts and our fears and our feelings in our body as we're feeling them. And then eventually one day it does all click. It does. I'm telling you, it does. It just takes a lot of practice. And every day you can just, you can try just to be a little better, a little better. And if you're not, that's okay. That's okay. I know you're doing the best you can. We all are. We're all doing the best we can. 